Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text for today is the Gospel lesson appointed for the ninth Sunday in Pentecost. I read to you from Mark chapter 6, starting on the 45th verse, and reading through to the 56th. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, uh, and, and about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Thus far the text, I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you. You give us the words of life. And today we ask that you bless those words to our peace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, friends, storms can rage against us. Sometimes they can be small, like when we can't find our car keys and when we're in a hurry to get out the door. And sometimes they can be great, like a diagnosis of cancer or other life-threatening illness. They can be personal, like the loss of a child, or they can be corporate, affecting many people, like COVID these past <laughs> couple of years, or like the forest fires that are threatening our First Nations communities up north right now. Some of those fires are very close to towns and so large and burning so hot right now that water bombers are rendered completely ineffective. The thousands of gallons of water they drop just boil off before they even get to the ground. In those times of turmoil, we rightly look to Jesus. He's the answer to our struggles and deserving of all our praise because he's the one who hears our prayers and gives us life. You'll notice I didn't say he hears our prayers and answers them to our complete satisfaction. Some people wish that that would indeed be the case. It would be such a great thing if all of our prayers would be answered favorably and in keeping with our thinking, but... Um, but that's just not the case. Christ would certainly be glorified by the people of this world if it were the case. But our king's humility and compassion prevent that. Jesus honors God ahead of man and has compassion upon us in, in ways that we don't necessarily completely understand. Like in today's sermon text, 
um, honoring God, Jesus sends his disciples away. That's where it all starts. Uh, that, and this uh, happens right after the feeding of the 5,000. Our sermon text uh, doesn't speak of that short interval of time that occurs after the remaining bread and fish was gathered together uh, after the meal. Uh, but John makes mention of it specifically in his gospel. Um, the people whose bellies were filled all tried to seize Jesus and make him their king. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, sent his disciples away in that boat to teach them something about his true kingship. Once they left, he dismissed the crowd. He didn't want to have anything to do with their glory or their glorification of him. Jesus turned away their accolades because they, what they were proposing amounted to just another one of Satan's temptations. Receive glory now and you won't have to go to the cross. No, Jesus' relationship with his Father precluded any such form of glory. Faithful to him, our Lord sought out a secluded place to pray. That's a mark of a true king. Jesus, being both God in his essence and man in his uh, incarnation, sought out his Father and spent time with him in a proper demonstration of humility. No man would make him king then, not even us. We, too, would love to have our bellies fed. We'd love to elevate our Lord to kingly status if he would serve our own purposes. But we'd gain nothing in the process. We'd simply die with our earthly benefits package, so to speak, fulfilled. Uh, a compassionate Lord wouldn't have that happen. He'd not give us over to ourselves, but instead he'd strive with us. Um, striving with us means striving with us at all times. Um, it was now the fourth watch in nautical terms. Um, uh, the first watch was from 6 to 9 p.m., the second from 9 p.m. to midnight, the third from uh, midnight to 3, and the fourth from 3 to 6. Presumably, the disciples left somewhere in that first watch as the sun was setting, um, and they had a gentle breeze at their backs pushing them along. Now the wind was against him and it was churning up water into great swells and the disciples had to drop the sails and row into the wind and the waves to keep from being swamped. Their muscles were straining, blisters were likely opening up on their hands and exhaustion was setting in um, on them um, because they'd been nine plus hours in their struggles and they hadn't even made it halfway across the lake. But their king, our king, was coming to them. It's the same way he comes to us. As our true king, Jesus knows every one of our struggles. He, after all, has lived among us and knows more intimately about what our struggles are than we know them ourselves. When we fear, he comforts us. When we struggle, he comes alongside us and reminds us of his presence in our lives. He, after all, was the one who sent us out into the storm in the first place. Uh, lest we forget, we're his church. Jesus knows that the wind is against us in this world, and not just in terms of our own physical needs, our own health, our own families, and so on, but also uh, in a world that stands contrary to our teachings, we have a wind against us as well. Uh, 
The world loves immorality, uh, slander, and greed. It seeks to make man in its own image rather than in God's and denies the authority of God over all things, including, of course, miracles. Uh, miracles. My dear wife has a cataract so big that the doctors can't see through into it uh, to get a decent image of the back of her eye, and yet she can still see through that cataract. When they ask her how that's possible, she just points upward and says, I pray a lot and I trust a lot. But that's all I can do, she says. It's God who blesses. Talk about a ministry tool. Uh, we've had several doctors over the years, believers and unbelievers alike, and their reactions are quite predictable. Uh, the believers laugh and nod their heads as soon as they hear what Ruth has to say, and the unbelievers mutter to themselves and grumble. Talk about hearts of stone. You know, the petrified heart is a terrible thing. Bronze even can be heated and formed, but it's not so easy with stone. Stone crumbles when it's heated and splits when it's struck. And, and yet even a heart of stone can be changed to flesh by God. The disciples' hearts of stone became hearts of faith, so too did the hearts of many who heard their testimony, uh, us included. God's given us faith, and we believe. We don't necessarily understand why God responds to our prayers or what those responses actually look like, but when we pray, we know He's with us. And we trust that we're not in that boat alone. God's presence calms us, it calms the waters, and brings us safely to shore. God rightly made Jesus a king for that reason. He humbly brought us through storms, and he continues to help us with his presence as we go about our daily lives. He says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Those words from our sermon text serve as our key verse this week. You'll find them in Mark 6, verse 50. And may they comfort you. Your true king who has authority over all things, including life itself, and who has saved you from sin and death and eternal condemnation is with you. Um, that key verse again is uh, Mark 6, 50. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. May this same Lord who is with you safeguard your hearts and uh, your struggles and especially bless you with confidence in any storm you may face, be it a storm of a personal nature or be it a storm of a corporate nature or be it a storm in, in your service of him. Uh, he who has sent you is your king and your salvation. You are Jesus the Christ in whose name we all say, Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, uh, in a time of storm, you came to your disciples. Your Son came to them and calmed their fears. They didn't understand uh, the power that he had. They didn't understand who he was. But indeed, your Son spent time with them and helped them to grow in faith. And he honored them by his dying on the cross. He gave them life, even in their sinfulness. We know that your son has done the same for us. We know that his blessings are so strong and so powerful, and they're given to us. We have eternal life because of him. 
Help us to trust all the other things in our lives into his care, Lord God. Help us especially to go um, into the midst of the storm as you send us, uh, when you do put us out as a church, when you do uh, put us out into the harvest field, Lord God, bless us. Uh, be our constant companion and especially bless the words that we say that they might be fruitful. We ask this in Jesus' name who saves. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. And amen.